You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Hard to Find a Podcast, covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Push tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And I don't, I, I, I've blown that intro, like, <laughs> I feel like for the last three times at least. That's all right. You know, we're just uh, so, we're so out of, yeah, out of practice. we're not going to be doing that intro too much longer. So, yeah, this is probably maybe. Could Maybe be the last one. Yeah. I don't know. This Let's is sort happens. of this is sort of what you called before we started a kind of a grab bag episode. Yeah, it's uh, a it's the year end assortment. Yes, you know Much when you like the candies that we eat. Mm. There is a variety, uh, different Indeed. flavors. Um, you know when you so... uh, you wake up on Christmas morning and you see your stocking full of stuff. Who knows what's in there? You just dump it out, and it's a bunch of various goodies that's kind of that's kind of what this is think of this as your stocking full of random year-end things yeah think of it as me and john stuffing your stocking <laughs> exactly Just who wouldn't want to think about that picture us under your tree christmas morning mm-hmm. andrew and uh, his christmas onesie jammies yeah i will be laying by your fireplace <laughs> maybe atop some sort of fur rug Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know something. A something beautiful like scene. That. Shake that, <laughs> shake that box around. What are you hearing there? Oh, a little, a little goatee hook interview. <laughs> oh, a little, a little pre-show and post-show uh, wrap up with goatee hook. Oh, what's that Who, over here? Who's coming down the chimney? Is it, is it Shadow Producer Jason? <laughs> I think it's Jason. He's coming in to to talk some uh, Five Iron box sets and various other vinyl releases uh, in that box over there. So, yeah. and you know, um, Shadow Producer, he's he. Sees you when you're sleeping, so <laughs> it's true. Um, we we have been a little naughty and a little nice this year, so <laughs> it's a real mixed bag for you. But we we did uh, have our momentous Goaty Hook weekend a few months ago. Yes. Recorded an interview backstage with the band, great dudes. Um, but before we get to that, most importantly, we talked candy for a good while. So we <laughs> wanted everybody tuning in to maybe hear about uh, Goaty Hook to first have to sit through us chewing into the mic, talking about Mike and Ike Sowers, raiding them uh, in our hotel room I in Northern don't, Virginia. I don't know why uh, that's a problem. This, this feels very much our brand. Yeah, you know what you're getting. <laughs> you know what We're you're like, getting. Cool, uh, exclusive interview with the beloved band upon their reunion. Uh Hope you like candy, everybody, <laughs> and us talking in depth about it. Yeah, um, we had we had to. This is what we do when we need to create content. We are like, <laughs> how can we, how can we burn some time? Well, I know. Let's go to the hotel commissary area, <laughs> and yes, get you whatever. scored bigly, bigly. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we did some. Our version of sort of uh, pre-gaming is is pounding Mike and Ike's. Um, so pre-show, we did some some candy talk. Uh, then 
I can't remember. Then the band interview, maybe some other yes. stuff along the way. I don't know. Yeah, we did the band um, interview. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of editing for the band interview. Okay. Um, so we started off backstage, and mm -hmm. as you'll uh, see, a there's another sound check that started pretty early on, so we had to move. So we'd sort of take you on an, on a audio journey. <laughs> Yes. Uh, to a new location mm -hmm. um, and tried, tried our best to um, make the audio as, as, uh, as listenable as, as possible. It was yeah. kind of a noisy affair. Uh, but, you know, then after that, we will recap the show mm -hmm. and share our thoughts about the set list. Mm -hmm. And um, then we'll jump right into our conversation with shadow producer jason who was in the twin cities recently mm -hmm. and so we all all three of us were together on the couch mm -hmm. and talking five iron talking um talking candy again but mm -hmm. talking it's just talking vinyl and uh his his process of getting this getting this set up with the band and yeah so that's that's kind of where we're gonna leave, I think. Yeah. This uh, this episode and maybe this this season. TBD. It's a good good spot to end things on. Magpod Nation folks, I think we'll enjoy all the stuff that Jason gets into, um, yeah. and the ins and outs of the Goaty Hook reunion, which was everything we dreamed it could be. Right. Um. So, stick around, hang on tight for this uh, grab bag, and have a great. Uh, holiday season and we'll see you on the way out john where where are we right now well andrew we have traveled across the country for one reason and one reason only to mm. see goatee hook reunite tonight in their homeland of northern virginia and uh we're hours away from the show yes which can only mean one thing for us uh it's time to taste some sour candy <laughs> Yeah, so what was the first thing we do? We travel across uh, the country from the Twin Cities to see Goaty Hook, crash in the hotel, and the first thing, we go to the little commissary food store area in the hotel, and I'm like, oh, shit. We don't ask about booze or their <laughs> finest dining. No. We're like, it's the sour candy situation. Yeah. And the first thing I saw, of course, was Sour Patch Kids, and I was like, "Oh, you know this the boys, gotta gotta have gotta rep the boys, uh, the Chewy Boys." Mm -hmm. um, but then there's something that I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. We got some Mike and Ike Mega Mix Sour. That's right. And John, how many how many flavors <laughs> we got here? Not three, not five, not eight, but ten. Ten, ten flavors. Ten flavors. <laughs> Run them down real quick. All right, we got. <laughs> Sour Zap and Apple, Ooh. Sour Scream and Cherry. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to put sour in front of all of them. I, I think everybody will get the point. Uh, green Limeade, Power Pineapple, Grape Soda. Oh, Ooh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Slam and Strawberry, Juicy Lemon, Pucker Punch, Watermelon Wipeout, and Shock and Raspberry. Oh, man. I'm excited. Uh, I am very into these. Uh, I, I'm specifically, uh, of course, we're both grape daddies. We yes. love the grape. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, I also love an apple candy. Yeah, man. So let us crack these open. We gotta get, we gotta 
rally before the show, That's so right. of course we need to get some sugar in us. <laughs> yeah, not shots. But... Um, all right, so I'm just taking a variety out of here and seeing if I can. <laughs> They're all sort of a similar shape and color. I think this is grape. I think it's grape. Oh, so I didn't even get a grape. I gotta get a grape, bro. Uh, oh. God damn it. There we go. How many? There's not is enough a, grape. There's not enough grape. That was delightful. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. This is some good ASMR right here. Yeah. Grape, very good. Was this a pink one? What is that? What would that be? Sour Slam and Strawberry, I believe. What else we got? Hmm. That it would be. How's that one? Good. I'm doing Sour Sucker Punch. Or possibly pineapple. Those are very similar. Yeah, these are all... Yes. Please take the candy pile from my hand. From your palm. Ooh. Sour Pucker Punch, really good. Mmm. Hell yeah. These are a hit, man. Yeah. Mike and Ike's really stepping up their game. I would... Going to a movie theater, you know, you see the, you see the usual stuff. You see the, oops, um, you see the Junior Mints, mm -hmm. see Sour Patch Kids. Um, sometimes you see the Mike and Ikes. I would never buy a Mike and Ike. Yeah. I would buy these. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because these rule. This is an option. Yeah. All right. Sour Watermelon Wipeout. Oh man, I gotta find a watermelon for you. That's that Airheads taste. What color is that? Watermelon. Oh, uh, dark green. I don't think you have one. No, oh, no. There are very few. There's only two watermelon in this whole box. I'm about to give my bro the other one. Right? Was there only one? There's only one dark green. I'm sorry, man. It was delicious. It was bullshit. All right. Well, at least we found some more grape at the bottom of the box. That's true. Um, I don't know what sim. See, uh, sour pucker punch. I did the the cherry or the maybe it was the raspberry. Those are also good. Okay. Should I try the apple yet? Oh wait, hard to tell between apple and green limeade. Mm. The cherry. As expected, was a was a hit. Was a pink flame. Was a red rider. For sure. Where's the sour? Screaming apple. Which one would that be? Mm. Medium green. Maybe that one. Mm -hmm. That is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Andrew is gesticulating. <laughs> yeah, these are a hit, man. These are good. Yeah. Um, get yourself a box. Come to Virginia. Yeah. To come to the Hilton Gardens. Get yourself some. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a Hilton Garden in Tyson's it's Corner. It's exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cody Hook. Get yourself sponsored by Mike and Ike Mega Sour. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna stop palming these now. <laughs> Fair. Um, there we go. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, 
Just what you guys have wanted. <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, we, maybe we play this after the Goody Pick interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this... Oh, this is... We... <laughs> Just saw Goody Hook. Yeah. The show was amazing. I'm definitely not deleting Mike and I. <laughs> All right. So this is um, one of the... Have, how many grapes have you had? Well, like two or three, so you can have Okay. Mm. <laughs> I think we've tried most of them at this point. Hmm? I don't know if I've tried a raspberry. Did you get a raspberry? Is that what that is? Dark red? It's hard to tell with the reds and the greens. I think that's a raspberry. Um, a lot of apple in this box. Mm. These are all hitting. All of them are good. No misses. No. Right. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I mean, going for 10 flavors, it's ambitious. It's a big swing. And crushing it. They pulled it off. They pulled it off. I mean, I hate to say it, but like, uh, Sour Patch Kids... Take notice. Sorry. You're on notice. Mondelez International, mm. uh, they're the ones that need to figure out their game. Well, there's a satisfaction guarantee on these. Well, I'm satisfied, and I'm guaranteed. So maybe we call 1-888-MikeIke to let them know we love their products. Oh, well, that's Monday through Friday, bro. Okay. We're going to have to do it. Oh, save it for Monday. Save it for Monday, 9 a.m., first call. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're going you to call... Satisfied. If you're going to call... A customer service line i feel like it'd be nice every once in a while yeah. to call just for something positive <laughs> just calling to say i love your product just calling to say that um we're a couple grape daddies and we stand your product yeah uh so this gets us the magpod seal of approval absolutely um I, I this is something I didn't ask for, but they have a uh, an actual actual size. actual size on the front of the box. Tired of walking my boxes being like that's bullshit. <laughs> there's no way. That's, that's no way that's that fucking big. I'm trying to say they they have a, a quality product here in the let's store see. for you. I don't know, John. Mm. Wait, let's see. Pretty you... close. Pretty Looks a close. little. They might be fudging the truth a little. Little bit. smaller. That's a little ambitious. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well. Until later, um, this is the content you always wanted. That's right. uh, we will. Um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. In. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna talk to talk to the band. Yeah. Maybe we already did. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. What we're a already... great show and our tragic return <laughs> to stage. <laughs> uh, well, John, we are in Virginia right now. Yes. Uh, we are at Jam and Java, and we are hanging out with Goaty Hook in the backstage uh, area pre-show. Cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, humble brag, no big deal. Um, but just heard the soundtrack. How are you guys feeling pre pre-show? When was because this was the is this your first show back after the hiatus, and then there's going to be Furnace Fest. Millersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, what Phantom Power? Phantom Power. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so this is the first though. Yeah. Okay. How's it feeling? I mean, it feels like old hat to me. Yeah. Yes. It's going through the motions of setting up, load, loading the gear, bringing it through the back door, loading it up on stage, 
doing the sound check, not being able to hear anything. <laughs> it's all the same, you know. Yeah. The yeah. memories flood back. Yeah. 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 Is that gonna pose a problem sonically? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sonically. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go out back? Do you want to see if it's still raining? Uh, do you want to go out back? Um, whatever's good for you guys. We don't want to make this hard either. I've listened to podcasts before where the audio is just so shit that it's just like, yeah. I can't listen to this. Right. So it's up to you guys. Okay. We could try it. You guys are up for it. Yeah, I think okay. this. Sorry. Nah, it'll be. I mean, we are right behind the stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, Is this just a, a plot to get us, yeah. give us your money, <laughs> murder us in secret? Um, so you have been practicing for this for a year now or so? Yeah, we, um, we started, we started uh, getting on, the, we got on the Zoom call together and started talking things through. We, we made a spreadsheet. Mm, very list, professional. Very professional. <laughs> listed all the songs. Uh, took us a minute to figure out how to share the file. It's um, <laughs> the first hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, we wanted to make sure that we reached out on social to ask what people wanted to hear. Because uh, if it was left up to us, we would have... Um, it would just... be drastically different. The set list would be drastically different. <laughs> How so? Tell us more. Oh, we like the later stuff yeah. usually. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff on the on the first few records, but um, we're partial to the later stuff, I think. Yeah. So, but mo our most popular stuff is the earlier stuff. So it would be very skewed if we were just to go on our yeah. band's preference. Yeah. I will say you bring me down. Sounded awesome out there. So I'm very pumped to hear that one in particular. We've never done that live. Oh no, really? I guess no. we. Yeah, we, we used to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who who was the first to initiate the possibility of a reunion? Chad Pearson, a friend of ours. Um, what did he used to do? So he used to work at Tutanel Records. Yeah, and then he went on to found Militia, Militia. and PS for Panda. PS for Panda. He hit us up. It was a really weird scenario. So he works with Chad, who does. Furnace Fest. So Chad and Chad worked together. Right. Okay. Um, and so Chad hit us up in a group text and he's like, you guys should play Furnace Fest. And I was like, no, I don't know. Um, but then that all, just that's how it started. That was the seed. But a weird side note, the guy who lives across from me in our cul-de-sac was friends with Chad from Furnace Fest all growing up. Gotcha. Very cyclical. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it was we just, it, it's funny because you would think there's like some catalyst really, and it was just like, we got the text and it's like, you guys want to play? And we're like, okay. 
It's the yeah. money. <laughs> just like doing it for all the money. Someone, someone just asked. Someone asked us to play, and we said yes. That was basically what it took. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Which is funny that it took 20 years to do yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, there, there was a little back and forth yeah, at yeah, first. Sure. Like, oh, do we really want to, you know, reunite for a 30-minute set? And that's, but that's what started the, the conversation about, like, well, why don't we, if we're going to do this, let's play some other shows. Um, and it was really thanks to Adam here that we had this show and the Pennsylvania show. Oh, yeah. Cool. When we talked, Joel, we were kind of like, You'd been playing a little more during the pandemic, and like we were like asking about the possibility, and you were like, you know, it's not, it's not that there's no chance of it happening. So like, had this been something you guys had talked about it all over the years, or to really take this like the Furnace Fest sort of prompt to be like, are we actually gonna do it this time? It was the prompt of Furnace Fest. Yeah, I mean, I think, and we, you know, we, every time we get together, we always talk about. Sure. It's always like in the. I mean, we spent so many years together that we always talk about the band days and tell funny stories and yeah. always think about what it would be like to play together. But it was it was really Furnace Fest saying, "Do you guys want to get together?" And us saying, "Oh, sure." Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think if they hadn't asked us, we wouldn't have got together this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the second pandemic that happened was old bands getting back together. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get on that as much as possible. We saw all the money that was there. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we call that the the Magpod bump. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Interest for <laughs> I mean, but do you think because uh, Unoriginal Vinyl put out um, Sumo Some Surprise, right. did you do you think that maybe contributed to a little bit of um, people being like, oh yeah, and and maybe a little bit more um, nostalgia and refamiliarizing. Uh, with music. I mean, there's still a lot of copies left of that record. <laughs> so, I don't know, that was a real big push. <laughs> I think nostalgia is really popular right now. And I think, I don't think we drew a lot of lines between, you know, the vinyl coming out and nostalgia being popular and bands getting back together. I think it was, uh, it's going to sound super corny like I, the thing that we've talked about the most is it's just nice to hang out again. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I think after the pandemic and being in lockdown and all that jazz is very isolating. Um, and so you strip away a lot of the chaff in your life and you get down to the core of who's important to you. And, you know, it's like I, I lived with these guys on the road and at home for years. We won't take our clothes off. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Doesn't give one fuck, not two fucks. (laughs) Zero. I got a whole bucket of zero fucks (laughs) that I don't give. Well, we we have spent time together. So how how often have we done this now? For at least two years in a row. We have gotten together at some point in the year and gone for a long weekend together. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Um, uh, with JJ and Robbie, who are also here uh, helping us. And so we've, we've, we've stayed in touch. Um, but I don't think when we went out, we, <laughs> I feel stupid saying what the name was. The retreat, the man tree. The man tree. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> here for it. Yeah. I should have worn my t shirt. We got t-shirts, t-shirts man. Awesome. 
<laughs> but the first year we did it, it was like Billy Power from Tooth and Nail was there. A lot of bands, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a big thing. Dennis Samar, Dave Zaker, us, a bunch of people. Uh, Zayo. Uh, Bruce from uh, Living Sacrifice. Living Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah. So it was a big crew when we met down in Georgia. It was like 20, 25 people or something. Wow. Yeah. But then it was like too far. I mean, we so we started. We, yeah, we did it once. <laughs> yeah. So we just started doing our own little East Coast thing because yeah. it was yeah. like too much. Uh, we couldn't get away. So. Yeah. yeah. So what was uh, what's been surprising as you've been playing these songs again? Like, are there particular eras that were more fun to revisit than others, or you know, like what 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 came through to you as you guys were playing together again? Physical nature of the songs mm. was jarring at first. Uh-huh. Jamie and I live in Northern Virginia, right. and Joel lives in Jersey. So Jamie and I practice like every other week. And when we first started, like I'd get halfway through South Capitol Street, and I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna die." Yeah. Um, so it's like the earlier stuff was very energetic, very high output um so that was the most striking thing is like to be able to get back in shape to be able to pull this off is yeah and nice you know yeah. figures <laughs> instead of me like wheezing gray face sweating up on stage in front of everybody mm-hmm. but adam's a lot better drummer now than he was back then that so it's awful. that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> you were the worst <laughs> it was I didn't, I didn't understand like verse, chorus, pattern to music. I knew there was quieter parts and louder parts and slower parts, and it was for like the first five years of the band, it was almost all ad lib. I knew I was supposed to do this type of thing, but like I think it was in my twenties, I was just like, I'm so tired of this shit. I'm tired of being on stage, having no idea what I'm doing. And so I really buckled down, but then even after the band, I kept playing in different bands, and it's really got me to a much better point. Yeah. Did you, did it feel like there were muscles that needed to? Oh yeah. Build? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, as like. Yeah, as, as a this music collective. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's yeah. it's plus. I mean, I've been up in Jersey, so right. I've been playing along to Spotify tracks sure. for the last eight, nine months. Yeah. Just terrible. And then I come down and we play together and it, it takes me a second to, oh, this is real life. This is this is the tempo. This is how it actually feels to, you know, to play it. There so. is a tempo. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> well, our first couple records, listening and like playing along with them, relearning, I was like, good Lord. Because I didn't know how to play to a click track. Right. So all of those records are just like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I mean, comparatively, I, I don't know. I guess at this point, like the gel factor isn't even really a thought. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, when we first, when Adam first, Adam and I first started getting together, it was just like we had never, to me, mm-hmm. like I mean, like I we were locked in timing wise, even with any fluctuations. It it just it's easy to play with these guys for me like it's it's it didn't take me long to be like oh oh i i really need to log in with joel or i really need to log with adam it was just to me it, it came right away yeah it was easy yeah 
unfortunately, we're not like a prog rock band, yeah. so it's not like you got to think about. Yeah, you're doing math in our head. You're not doing any math while you're playing. Yeah. I mean, there's the the jazz fusion track that you guys did, so I don't know if that. Uh, I'm assuming that's on the set list tonight, or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's such a good only idea. if we want to torture the audience. It pisses off my son to no end because he'll fall asleep listening to like Two Years to Never sometimes, and there'll be this long. Pause and he starts to doze off, and all of a sudden it's like, I I miss the days of secret, secret tracks track. yeah. Yeah, because all, that a little with all of all of uh, music nowadays is released for essentially for streaming. So mm-hmm. like the idea that you would have a long track at the end of a digital album right. doesn't really make any sense. Right. But it, that was like sort of the you know, when you would get to the end of a, a CD back in the 90s and you'd like, oh shit, this is going on. There's a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forward and to be surprised by nonsense. You know, that was that was sort of a an extra little gift. And now it shows up in the timing. So you're like, the last song is 19 minutes long. You're like, that's bullshit. I'm not listening to that. It's way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, there was a, I think it was Nine Inch Nails. If you press play on the first track and then you Wind right. on the yeah. CD, it'll go back. Their bonus track was yeah. before the first track. It was like this, I forget which record that was, but I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a lost art now. Yeah. <laughs> so for a reunion like this, is there was there any consideration? Because I know at the end of it, things, it was a trio, but like, was there any consideration about like, need to consider other members previous members do we need to or is it not really a big deal or was was that part of a conversation at all yeah yeah i think we we thought about it i think because it was furnace fest and we were going to be like flying or driving out there it just didn't make any sense to like bring people from california or other places and and practicing we already knew just to get the three of us together was going to be a problem you know that was going to be an effort but we did think about it i mean I, I, you know, we've had members come up on stage before at our, you know, our last show, and then the, we did, you know, we did a show in Pennsylvania after our last show, you know, a few years after we'd broken up. And I think Conrad played on that, sh- played on that show as well. Um, but I don't know, it just kind of, I just never thought it was serious, like we would seriously play with other people. I don't know for this for this stint, I thought it would just probably be the three of us. Yeah. Uh, back to what Jamie said, it's very pragmatic. It's just like financially, we couldn't afford to bring people out but then also um, I guess I mean we're kind of the core of the band and we were fine with that you know but um, the Millersville show at Phantom Power we're having uh, Conrad come out oh nice where is he is he Living, he's in. He's, 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 yeah, he's, okay. he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I know he has a, a, a podcast. He yeah. um, does. <laughs> I think it's still good. I think, I him mean, and Adam are real close. Fast, <laughs> uh, fast God talk. I think something like that. Yeah, that yeah, sounds right. right. Yeah. Some, and similar. Mark and Christian are both out in California at this point. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 I told Mark I was like, we'd love to have you. Like unless you want to pay for your own way to get out of here. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I was like, it kind of sucks, but that's 
Yeah, that's the way it is. Makes sense. What about in prep for sets for like these headlining shows versus Furnace Fest? Were you like conscious of what the Furnace Fest set would look like versus these shows? Like, well, how did that? Yeah, when we started talking about what songs and asking people on social what songs would you want to hear, we were focused on the Furnace Fest, so about 10 or 11 songs. Yeah. And then at the same time, Adam was looking into playing, you know, here uh, at first. And then we started discussing, okay, well, if we were to do a full set, now we can look at sort of like all these songs that we've, we've, that got bumped out of the top 10. Now we can, you know, we can consider the 10 to 20 range. And um, yeah, and then it became a lot more uh, work <laughs> to, to learn all this. Like I spent, it was, I don't know, the, the, the winter, you know, just doing those 10 songs. And then, and then like, let's double that. Yeah, let's double that. Um, so it was, it was, you know, a lot more. <laughs> yeah, we're we still, we still don't know the songs. Shit. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna get up there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. We'll be all right. The... Sorry, my son was texting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the set for Furnace Fest, we wanted to be a little bit more angsty, a little bit, you know. Sure. Because I remember the last time we played Furnace Fest, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, we're a little bit out of yeah. shot. We're like rodeo clowns. We're like, we're the ones who get up on stage and we're like, woohoo, we're goofy. Right. Or these guys are like, whoa, we're so serious. <laughs> <laughs> so we figure we might try to like blend in a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So knock, knock. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dry run. At the zoo. Perfect. At the zoo. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, We've been, I mean, Knock Knock has been in our head a lot, a lot today. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, what are you crying? <laughs> no, I mean, I will say, like, when we, so, yeah, a couple of years ago when we had Joel on the show, we went through the discography of all you guys and, and talked about each of the records, and they all hold, like, different special places in our hearts as fans, and, like, yeah, I don't know, I, I we're... We're so excited this is happening that you guys reunited, and when we talked to you, Joel, we were like, "If it ever happens, we'll be there." And so, just the fact that like we're gonna hear this collection of songs from the different eras yeah. together live is really exciting. So. Songs I haven't seen live, yeah, since probably your Cornerstone show. Yeah. So over twenty years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you don't even look twenty. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you at this show? <laughs> I'm going to be 40 in February. Wow. So He was conceived at our show. <laughs> <laughs> there was one point over the few years where I think we sent a text to each other. We're like, you know that all those little kids that were at our shows are now all over 20. You know, this is like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, then there's this, this one show memory I have, and I feel like I invoked it on the interview with you, and you said that you had zero memory of it, which is not surprising after, you know, many years of playing shows, doing shows. But for me, it, it was a very striking memory for the kind of, the Christian alternative scene was just known for the most bizarre lineups of <laughs> bands yeah. that shouldn't be on a bill right. together, but, totally. but they were. And um, I saw you guys play um, in Chicago at North Park University and it was an E. Dan Productions show, uh, 
it was you guys and uh, P.O.D. and Morella's Forest. Makes sense. Um, and it was and there, I think I think there was some there was some I've been trying every once in a while. Cashmere. It, like I said, yeah, it was yeah, like nice you know. Cool. <laughs> trying to be the most obscure. <laughs> but um, that was, I remember that show because I think it was my first time seeing you guys, and I think Conrad had already left the band, so I don't know if that puts any sort of like timeline or, or history in for you. But what was it like? Um, or do you have any specific memories of those kinds of shows where you're just like, where you do feel like a fish out of water, that you're just like, why are we on this bill? Why are we playing here? We don't belong on this on this set. <laughs> All of them. I mean, that, that's such a regular part of our lives that that does, that question doesn't even register to me. You know, it's Cody like every, never really fit in. Every show we played, that's how we felt. Well, yeah, and even in the very beginning when we were playing, um, you know, southern eastern pennsylvania shows um we what was that local band jawbone, jawbone hill. hill which was i don't even know how to describe them but like, like alternative, alternative yeah. you know uh pre-indie indie um so we sounded no, nothing alike um well and then what was the band we played with where somebody was wearing one of us was wearing the sombrero and then it was like a your your ex girlfriend was there and was like, oh, it looked like you guys had fun. Uh, <laughs> who who? <laughs> that was um, was prayer that? chain. Prayer chain. Uh, yeah. So yeah. here's like and Wayne Everett, one of Wayne Everett's bands. Yeah. Here <laughs> is like us. Yeah. Just in our in our like goofy phase. Yeah. yeah. So jumping around like frogs with strange yeah. hats and costumes uh -huh. and you know and and then prayer chain. <laughs> like, emotion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, As you approach these shows, how did you decide on uh, the Throws and Huntington's to join you all? I um, I sent out like texts to a couple different people. Our old guitarist Mark Lacasse, I sent him a text and um, seeing if he had any idea because he's pretty good at keeping his finger on the pulse of mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, he said he'd think about it, and then I hit up Scott Hatch from Burnt Toast. I don't know if he's continuing Burnt Toast or if he's doing something new. I think he's doing a lot with um, Velvet Blue. Yeah, Velvet Blue. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and I went back and forth. I was like, hey, I'm playing, a, you know, we're playing this show. We want to play it with somebody. And he threw some bands, our, you know, suggestions. And then he suggested the throws. Um, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. Because we did our last EP. Harry was who did the oh, recording. Okay. Right. And a drummer for the throws. Got it. Okay. Um, and yeah, just it seemed as soon as he said it, it seemed to make sense. Yeah. Locals, we were friends, you know, so like it was, and we're doing a local Northern Virginia show, which we yeah. don't do very often, and they're from here too, so yeah. it seemed like a no-brainer. And yeah. they were like, yeah. let's do it, you know. Cool. Huntington's, um, we the last, I mean, well, like I said, when we played that show in Pennsylvania after we broke up, we played with the Huntington's, and so that we've always been playing shows with each other it seems yeah. over the years because we're sort of from the same area so they're like in Silver Spring Maryland in Maryland yeah. I had no idea I yeah. just thought they were still up in Delaware yeah. Yeah. so that was another local band I mean hmm. <laughs> <laughs> crazy <laughs> what a small world I woke up That's this morning I was so glad 
Yeah, so it was just like, oh, there's, there's a local band that we know. Yeah. See if they're interested in playing. Cool. Because we didn't, we wanted a, a, a you know, a, a, someone that people had heard of, you know, because yeah. we were just a little bit, maybe a little bit frightened of doing a sure. show on our own. Yeah, yeah. And there'd be like eight kids out there, you know. Right, like, oh, right. well, maybe we can at least bring some, someone that can bring some people. Confident you all would bring people. Show sold out. We're very excited to go hear it. You guys have been generous with your time. Thank you for this. We don't want to take up any more. But uh, yeah, thank you all for doing yeah, this. You guys, have fun. Yeah. you guys came a long way. Yeah, so. thank you so much for coming. Where again? Where? Minnesota. Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh. Yeah. So. Twin cities. That's right. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> You're like a ge geographic whiz. <laughs> What else do you know about uh, Maryland and, and Minnesota? <laughs> Tell us. It's above the Mason-Dixon line. Ooh. Most of it. DC, not. No, it's below. It's below the Mason-Dixon line. Maryland? Yeah. I think Pennsylvania is the cutoff. There you go. Son of a bitch. He's not, he's not the authority <laughs> on Maryland. I was so... I, I went to... I went with my mom to Arkansas to visit family, and she took me to Sunday school while we were there. And they're like, well, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Virginia. And they're like, oh, a fellow Southern boy. And I was just like, it had. I was like five or six. It yeah. had never dawned on me. I was right. devastated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember sitting there thinking like, oh, no, we're on the wrong side. Hometown <laughs> <laughs> heroes tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Appreciate it. John, post Goaty Hook High. Oh man, as as everybody has experienced, the post mm -hmm. naturally the, the post Goaty Hook High. Yes. Um. I don't. I don't even know how to convey <laughs> something I said to Joel is after the show is like there's nothing that would have indicated to me that they have not been playing. No. Like nonstop, yeah, for their whole career. That, yeah, the fact that they've primarily been rehearsing for like the last year or so, yeah. Um, I mean, it just it just shows yeah. they were tight and they sounded really good and yeah. Um, for a three piece, mm -hmm. no, they they filled they filled it up. Very hefty sound. Yes, Joel shredding on that single guitar yeah man um yeah it didn't sound like oh this is missing some additional elements like it sounded full and they were tight as you said and the sound of the venue shout out to jam and java yeah it's a cool place um they expressed some concern the, the dudes before the show to us about like i don't know we'll see how we do like this is the first show and like yeah we wouldn't have known no that it had been Oh, wow, since the last one. <clears throat> yeah. It, you know, there may be little tempering expectations or whatever. Yeah. But, like, something that Adam said that he's like, that it wouldn't be us if we weren't, you right. know, being a little self-deprecating yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. But. Yeah, man. No, the, the set in general, really, I could not have asked for a better set of songs. It was so fun. They played for a long time. Played, they had played a lot of songs. Um, when they were bringing out the set list, I'm like, 
<laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of songs on there. I was peeking there. at it. I'm like, oh, man, that's a long list. Yeah. we uh, Not mad about it, though. Um, did Joel dedicate Middle Ground to me uh, from the stage? <laughs> possibly. Possibly he did that. Um, and when they did that, they said that they never played it live, which I did not know. And the song absolutely shredded. Um, but they also played South Capitol Street, yep, which we couldn't wait for. Our, also, our arms are left at Jam and Java. Yeah, I tore them off. They're still up there. Um, but yeah, they also played Chevy Nova. Like yep. they played so many songs that we were like, "This goes so hard. I'd love to see it live." And yep. one thing we were talking about when we did the six songs EP episode was like, you know, it may not be exactly our vibe on that record overall, but we do like some of the songs from it for sure. And we were like, I, you said specifically, like, I think hearing these songs live would like transpose the spirit of them in a way that maybe it wouldn't on the record. And yes, they played most of the songs on the EP, I think. And I would even um, go so far to say that that was, that's the case for songs on two years to never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, vibe. Lullaby was, uh, he played and I'm like that, it, it sounds sounds really good. They, yeah, you know, really sometimes did. songs, you have to see them in, in a particular element for it to click. Yeah. And uh, seeing the dudes ripping it up. Yeah. Now you were saying like, okay, so this, this might not be our vibe with the six songs, but like imagine this like in a club yeah. with like the lights flashing and people cheering and Joel just melting that guitar. And that's like what it was tonight. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Like it really was the right venue for that kind of sound yeah. um and you bring me down which is like our shared i think we both had it as our number two maybe okay maybe one of us had it as our number one but we both really like that song a lot and boy they played that song live and it ripped and the, got like, some got some video of that so we'll definitely be sharing yes the uh during the sound check we heard that we heard chevy nova we heard um seasons seasons um and we were just like, dude, the set <laughs> is gonna roll. Yep. We kept hearing the like ding 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 baseline from Chevy Nova, and we we're just like, oh, dude, can't wait. But we shared back in the day our uh, festival set lists that we would like them to play, um, and they played almost all the songs from both of our set lists for that. Uh, you had. Seasons, Love by the Numbers, South Capitol Street, Middle Ground, Chevy Nova, Banana Man, Shrinky Dinks, My Bike, Where's My Mind, which we'll get to, and Lullaby. And only one they didn't play was Love by the Numbers. Yep. And I had Banana Man, Seasons, Lullaby, Cowboy, which they didn't do, Middle Ground, Chevy Nova, Love by the Numbers, My Bike, South Capitol Street, and Give Me a Chance, which they did play. And I think Give Me a Chance was the last, was that the last song before the encore, maybe? I think that was right. Maybe. And then, yeah, they had like blown through so many songs and we knew there was one left and we were like, what's it going to be? And you had speculated earlier, um, like, do you think it'll be, do you think they'll play any covers? And I was like, well, they do, they did used to play Where's My Mind in their sets and we didn't know what the last song was going to be and then just like, ding, 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 
And the whole crowd was doing the woos. Yeah, they didn't even great. they didn't have to do them from the stage. Everybody yeah. was just doing the woos. Uh, so great. It was a very fun way to close. Yeah. Um man, what a what a I just I'm still on a high. Like I know. Yeah. We we did our best to uh mix it up in the pit. Yes. Uh, you know it, it it's it 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 exhausts you <laughs> faster. Um at this age than it did when when I was uh, in my teens. <laughs> yeah, we were joking about doing our stretches with the guys before yeah. the show to limber up. But yeah, there was the the pit was not as uh, robust. Robust, yeah. <laughs> we'll say. We were, um, and the and I will say it was like mostly dudes of a certain age. Yeah, you know, <laughs> our age. <laughs> yeah, there was. And there was like uh, maybe eight people yeah, in the pit. It was, it was never it was never super extensive but no i will say pets, i'm glad really. it was there and i was worried there wouldn't be one at all and it opened up pretty quick and we did help opening it up um but i tried to keep it going <laughs> a few times i think most people work out like oh, we're pretty tired <laughs> so maybe me and one other dude a couple times uh, but you can only keep up a pit for so long and they played for I don't know. I feel like it was an hour and a half, probably, at least. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish we... Gosh. They had some set lists. I wish we could have snagged one of them from the stage. I always forget. Oh. Well, I, I saw them give them out to people, and I was like, I could, like, crush my way up and try to grab one, but... Yeah. Oh, well. I'm sure they could give us one if we really wanted. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great set list. They talked a little bit in the interview about how Furnace Fest will look a little different, so I'll be curious to see what that's like. Yeah, it um, seems like that's going to be a more pared down set. Uh, I, I doubt. It seems like they were talking about maybe having it be more, a more serious set. Yeah, so maybe a little more aggressive. Um, maybe not. No Banana Man. Maybe yeah, no My Bike. Maybe I feel like that's what people want to hear. I don't know. Maybe not. But I was really, like Lullaby was one that I was like excited at the prospect of them doing, but yeah. I wasn't sure if they would. And I was so glad to hear it, like transposed to. Yeah, this kind of context, but maybe Lullaby is not a, a Furnace Fest contender. <laughs> but yeah, they also talked about right Conrad being at the the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania show, show. Yeah, so curious to hear about that too. But man, what a fun show! What a fun set! What a bunch of good dudes! Really great guys. We talked to them all after, and just I don't know. They're... Greeted greeted by Joel when mm-hmm. we got there with mm-hmm. some hugs. Yeah, just the best. Just the best. The absolute best. Best guys. What a fun night. A great way for them to come back into the world. Yeah. You know, and Adam was saying, they were, he was, they were joking in the interview about how he's like, used to be a terrible drummer and how, right. he, how garbage he was and how he never used a click track. And right. that he's like, better now. Yeah. And I'm like, he's I could awesome. absolutely see that. Yeah, he was great. He was just absolutely going ham. I always thought he was good, but I understand the point of like he was he was fast. Now yep. he's like proficient, <laughs> and he was able to be as yep. fast as he was, however many years ago. So yeah, Jamie holding it down, slapping the bass. Yep. You know, awesome. yeah, like for a guy who was the one of the guitar players mm-hmm. for many years, mm-hmm. um, you know, makes me think of our dude Scott mm-hmm. from. Five Iron. Uh, when the band has a need, you step yeah. up, take over. Um, but I'm always impressed yeah. when people can just be like, 
oh yeah sure i'll just uh start ripping it up on the bass right well and like we said joel <clears throat> was just the singer right. originally and now he's solo shredding um, yeah so good yeah they all just sounded great and even those harmonies like we've talked about that they did a lot of multi-part harmonies on the early records and that's what set them apart like these two holding it down with two great harmonies you know it's not four different parts necessarily yeah. but it always sounded full like we said and i don't know man i had a lot of fun a lot I'm very, of fun very worth, psyched worth the trip yes um <clears throat> got to meet a couple couple yes. dudes shout out to ivan and yasin um good folks um i don't know if there were other yeah we, we had some conversations with people who were like you should know about our podcast if you don't already, <laughs> based on some of these names of bands you're saying. Yeah, but. this dude at the end of the uh, at, the, at the end of the show just came up to us and started talking to us like almost like mid like it was mid conversation. He's like, "You guys are just like me, you know. Listen to Goaty Hook and Value Pack and Craig's Brother." We're like, like "Do you know the do podcast? We, do we have we talked before? Yeah. What's happening?" Um, but, but yes, our people in that sense. <laughs> yes, um, but cool venue folks there yep um, uh it was funny though like <laughs> the number of people that were like you wait where are you from <laughs> you came here just for this? for this like yeah the dude from the throws was like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah well yeah like worth it worth it absolutely worth it very happy we did it and i'm i'm glad that we went to this set uh because it sounds like this is the more extensive yeah. of uh between this and furnace fest mm -hmm. so for those of you going to furnace fest i would certainly encourage you to uh i'm not even sure when this episode's coming out but you know <laughs> whatever uh i hope everybody gets a chance to see them because you never know how you know this the, the dude the drummer from the throws he's like i was like yeah this is our first time seeing you he's like yeah it might be, might be the last yeah, yeah. Uh, dudes at this age you never know bands yeah. get back together for just a handful of shows and well i know before this one joel had kind of framed it as like you know we'll see what happens after these few shows um i hope they keep it up man i hope they at least keep playing somewhat regularly um rather than waiting 15 years for the next one so yeah i'm, I'm not saying that they need to do like i know it, it, it's unreasonable at their age with their with their jobs and their families like doing a full-blown tour is just like yeah it's unreasonable for like but for like one-off shows yeah you know um i would like to yeah i would definitely like to see more of it yeah absolutely we uh there's one guy in the crowd who was like new songs and <laughs> jamie was like we don't have any of those <laughs> so we're not saying they need to record a new album, um, although you know if they want to do new material, that's great. But yep. just play some more shows. Yes, um, um, I don't know, like re-recording, remixing Banana Man. What are I almost brought it up to to Adam when we were talking Banana Man at the end there, but I yeah. still support that initiative. Well, and was it was it Joel too who said like when because we were talking about um, Middle Ground and you were saying like how they'd never played it before and yeah. And he's like, he just felt like he. I think he said something that Banana Man like came out so fast, yeah. and I don't even know. It just seemed like 
they didn't get to fully yeah not like no aspect of the banana man rollout of those great songs yeah was honored in the way that they yeah. <laughs> hoped they would be i think but they were honored tonight on that stage baby yeah they were so fun got some bikes mm-hmm. got some bananas mm-hmm. even some Stevans, some some hits you wouldn't necessarily think were coming it's true um yeah man great times great times i think we should celebrate with some uh I think so some too. more mega mix uh sour mega mix what the fuck is this <laughs> It's a little nub. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little Mike. Mike and it's one of Mike's nubs. <laughs> or is it? Is Ike? Maybe Ike's. All right. Well, <laughs> may may you all toast your sour Mike and Ike's in honor of Goaty Hook as well. That's what they. That's what they all would want. Cheers. Yeah. You want us to have our heads together? When we're off together, dancing it's cheek like we're doing to harmonies cheek. under the same mic. <laughs> exactly. Hello. Hello. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold oh, yeah. her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. Model's always been when it's right, it's right while waiting till the middle of a cold dark night. When everything is at a little little light of day. And you know the night is always gonna be there anyway. <laughs> perfect that's pretty good i'm not participating because i so john remember Continued. when we remember when we were recording uh <laughs> the other night and i was like and i was like oh man i like haven't talked this long in a long time yeah i was like oh i was actually starting to get sick mm. and so then i like <clears throat> i fully lost my voice this weekend mm. <laughs> so like i'm like now just starting to be able to uh talk normal again and so just yeah, in time i don't know if uh singing afternoon delight is on it's on the menu Take most doctors recommend that's it's particularly it's like, good for your vocal cords cure for what ails you buddy mm-hmm. it's like speaking of which doc will i be able to like will i be able eggs. to sing afternoon delight again like sure <laughs> well i wasn't able to before those ikes bro oh man hell yeah busting out the ikes so jason brought us a box of mike and ike's mm. and john the last time we had mike and ike it was in virginia oh. we had the mike and ike oh, yeah. sours those were good oh my god they those were so, are good so yeah. good i'd never seen them before but they were in the hotel like little the hotel like food store or whatever and i was like weird oh. almost extraterrestrial coating on those mm. but great flavor variety i felt like there was like a billion flavors no, those were good for sure you gotta find those again yeah well thanks for bringing the mics <clears throat> and the yikes always happy to do you all right that's right mm. you're on mic we're eating mics i mean it's our studies show that people want more of us eating chewing into the, into the mic yep can you hear that <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me talking with a partially full mouth Mm. Straining my said. jawline. Well, what a delight to be joined on the podcasting couch. An afternoon delight. An afternoon delight. Podcaster, J- podcaster, producer, Jason in the house. Hello. From the shadows. Here to grace us with his presence for our 
I maybe shouldn't have put so many Mike and Ike's in my mouth. <laughs> if you mix them up with the jelly beans mm. at the same time, what a what a, a lava eruption. Well, Sean, I feel like we should keep these around yeah. and any guest we have yes. needs to take yeah. just like a, a small little handful. I think so. Before, Jesse, uh, a jelly bean and a shot. That's right. Oh. Oh, the... oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Hold on a second. Fallen soldier. Can we, can I give you these back? <laughs> take, take what you want. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Try some, take what you want. Okay. Take what you want. Feed some to me like a baby bird. <laughs> That's a lot. There's a lot of onion in there. I can already see. Or blackberry. Can I, can yeah, you turn it around true. so I can see the Here color coding? Mm, it's kind of cheating, but fine. Um, you're safe with, uh, with yellow. Yellow is the safety. I, I would save the yellows as your home base. As a palette cleanser. Yeah, because... As it were. Which color did you go with first? I went, I think, bacon straight away. You got bacon straight away. <laughs> yep. It's powerful. Right into the bacon world. <laughs> it's, that is a, that's, a, that's a tough first one to go with. Let's go straight into the blackberry or onion <laughs> choice. Oh, no. Mm. Blackberry. Okay, okay, good. What a delight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me just say. Afternoon delight. Hey, so the purpose of having me on the podcast <laughs> is to talk about the Five Iron Frenzy dumpster box set that I've been working on for yeah. the better part of several months. Yes. yes. I think your listeners might find some of the anecdotes about this production interesting. Yes. Number one, when I pitched the idea originally to them, I think that the enthusiasm level was like, ah. Really? You think people would go for that? It's probably okay. Maybe. I don't know. How much would it be? So we had to basically cost everything out. I was insistent that we produce the records domestically. So find a pressing plant in the United States who I can work really closely with. And yeah. more recently, I think I did something like 30,000 units of the Zach Brown Band record. Oh, and also, wow. Zach and his team were insistent that we do that somewhere in the United States. Most of the records that are produced that you own or we do through Tooth & Nail are produced at GZ in Czech Republic. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. You just do not have a lot of flexibility and freedom to get wacky and zany. Yeah. Sure. And oftentimes GZ does not offer random colored or recycled PVC vinyl. So mm. that became like twofold a mission for producing domestically is the using recycled PVC that a bunch of plants just can sort of pull together and melt and smelt together so that you can have ugly looking vinyl most of the time. Sometimes it's occasionally good looking vinyl, mm -hmm. but this pressing plant in Dallas who I was pressing some Zach Brown band records, I went there and showed them this idea for a dumpster that would hold all of the Five Iron Frenzy canon on vinyl essentially mm -hmm. with the exception of the end is here the last live record, I felt like it was a little redundant of proof that the youth are revolting. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the performances had a different energy entirely during proof than they did for the end is here. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was really good, solid recordings and performances out of Five Iron Frenzy during that last show ever. But once they reunited, there was no point in calling it the last show ever. And it yeah. lost a little bit of its luster. Yeah. Blueberry. Blueberry. That's a good one. All right, all right, good. <laughs> nice. So about a year and a half ago, 
did you meet the hot sauce guy, Danny yes. Cash? Yeah. You went and helped pack Five Iron Frenzy records, right? Right. Yeah, we, we yeah, was, went to the warehouse and with Brad and um, who else? Cherry. Yeah, yeah uh, I think it was. No chili. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, he was a really cool dude. Right. When we thanked the hot sauce owner for letting us pack Five Iron Frenzy records in the back of his warehouse, we we thanked him by getting this plaque made. I made it myself of the Until This Shakes Apart album release. And the second I got it, I like threw it into a dumpster near my house and took a picture of it for social media just as a joke. Like, mm-hmm. right. It was like, hand him this gift, and then the joke is like, immediately he disposes of it. Right. Perfect. But it gave me the idea to like, oh, let's do a dumpster box. And in fact, NoFX and Fat Records kind of had done a dumpster-themed seven-inch box set before for their musical Home From Home, but they had made it out of like die-cast metal, and every box was like eight by eight, and made of real steel, and each box cost like $750 or $800. They still have them for sale now because it's like a few seven inches off of a very obscure musical in the Fat Wreck canon. And the thing should have won awards, but it was just way too customized and premium for the fan base. So making one in mass was the idea to sell an empty box was also an idea because we wanted it to be available for people who don't like vinyl, but they've collected show flyers yeah, and, and such like that. I have too many jelly beans in here <laughs> that are going back in the pile. That's fine. Damn it. Got to rebag. Yep. Yeah, put, uh, bag up your slick boners. So when I costed everything out with the pressing plant, I figured that like you could blend solid colored records for just the box set and random colored vinyl for the solo people who just want to or, like order one or two records they can't afford a $300 box set and then I went to a Five Iron Frenzy practice when they were opening for Save Ferris this summer and I basically told all the band members I have to shoot you talking about this video mm-hmm. or this campaign and about half of them were excited about it most of them are just like can you get somebody else to do it and I'm like I've already gotten all of them to do it you have to do it too so we ended up shooting it. I edited a cut of it together, and it was really flat. Like, it was good, but it was all very informative. I think right. my job is to instruct people in my profession, typically. Here's how you do what you do, when you do it, and how soon you need it done by. It's kind of like the role that I play in my job, and I think I coached them to explain the value proposition really well, mm-hmm. but it wasn't silly enough. So I got done editing it. I was ready to turn it in. And then I was just like, this is not yeah. what it needs to be. It's not crazy and zany enough. So I called me without use manager, Mike. And Mike is really a gifted creative person as well. If you've seen any of the me without you online stuff, they just did a Hallmark campaign yeah, that recently awesome. that was super silly. I don't think I realized that's who that was. And it was Five Iron Frenzy's manager for the entire reunion cycle. So when they cool. did Engine of a Million Plots and they put out the whole Kickstarter campaign, Mike was behind all of that stuff. Cool. And he also manages me without you. So he's just a really fun dude to talk to because I love his box sets. Mm-hmm. He makes all those box sets for me without you, the deluxe edition ones, mm-hmm. like by hand. And they're the best looking vinyl I have in my entire collection. And so he and I were like 
trading back and forth links for bad infomercials from the 70s and then the 80s and then the early 90s. And we called up Peter Rollo, who did the Five Iron Frenzy DVD documentary. Mm-hmm. And by saying he did them, I should say that Peter was the only saving grace for that, mm-hmm. creating titles, creating chapters, creating like the DVD and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. under Reese's guidance, it was basically just raw right. id of Reese yeah. for th- <laughs> probably four hours. So even Peter had a challenging job trying to take that thing and cull it down into the monster <laughs> that it is today. Mm-hmm. But he's really good at graphics. It's his full-time career to do computer graphics. So there's a chili. There's a chili jelly bean. I mean, it's not bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Chasing when you the hit church. the onion, you yeah. will know, know, you will understand not I haven't good. got to the yeah onion yet, thank goodness. <laughs> so we just kept like a, a working board of crazier edits and crazier edits and this video campaign was just getting crazier and sillier and more fun yeah like intentionally throwing ideas out like making the subtitles wrong Mm -hmm. yes that to me is one of the more subtle parts of the video that i yeah absolutely love so much right anything stuff like that uh absurdist stuff to me is just like that's just kind of my yeah kind of my lane and i think doing having the having five iron people be silly is one thing i think that's kind of expected but some of the other directions that you took it and and other things i thought were pretty inspired and uh reese with the you should talk about the reese segment with the dumpster so that was super strange Reese wanted to practice with the band and he wanted to then drive up to Fort Collins two hours away from Denver, get a tattoo of Mr. Rogers and drive back to have a second practice before the Save Ferris show. So this was kind of a harebrained idea anyways. Mm -hmm. So he and Sonny were going to go do this. And so Reese was kind of like, I don't know if I have time to shoot this. And I said, Reese, this is going to have to trump you wanting to sh- do your Will Rogers thing, or at least you're going to be late to practice and get both done. So I found a dumpster that looked exactly like the idea that I had sort of put together. And we went up to this house, and this house, this guy was like chainsawing in his driveway, and he owned his own dumpster for some reason. This is just the, that part of Denver where you own a dumpster instead of a trash bin. Sure. Sure. And he's chainsawing, so I got to go to this complete stranger holding a chainsaw and be like, can you stop just for a minute chainsawing and can I in your, your own front yard, and can we shoot this video of us throwing away five iron records? So I took the small, medium, large XL vinyl pressings yeah. and and had Reese essentially, and a box that Leonor has of keepsakes, so old DVDs and old magazines, flyers, everything like that. And I basically said, Reese, just start bantering and make this as uh, uh, crazy as you can possibly think to make it about the stuff you want to throw away. And I kind of coached him through some stuff. And as he was finishing up with the last record, I could hear that noise of like brakes compressing the hissing noise behind me. Mm-hmm. And I knew what that noise was. It was a dump truck coming our way. 
Perfect. And I like kind of look behind me and it's it's coming at the speed that would indicate to me he's about to take the dump in front of us mm-hmm. and dump it into his thing. So we have to quickly like grab all the records out of this dumpster and the dump truck comes up and grabs this giant dumpster bin and Reese is like ready to walk away and leave. And I'm like, no, Reese, as the dump truck is like starting to lift the dumpster up, I'm like, you need to salute the dump truck. And I'll edit it in such a way that makes it look like you, this was all very intentional. Yeah, I mean, that was the Lord right there. That was probably It really was. And to have all of that kind of happening in the background over a fake phone number <laughs> and great. a call now. Well done. All of those little like details. There's also something that has to be said about in 1993, when Eximator was starting to become like a thing, yeah, before Five Iron Frenzy, they started a, a magazine publication called Real Mean Donkey. It was a zine that would tell local Denverites about what shows were coming up. It would right. be musings from Reese and other friends about political things or shows they went to. It's called Real Mean Donkey. And... And you could also call the knob line at that time, which was a concert phone line. And most of the time it was concerts, but sometimes it was just people babbling incoherently. You'd call a voicemail line and you just listen to babbling like you're doing right now Sounds if like you're listening podcast. to this podcast. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey and, and when Five Iron Frenzy broke up in 2003, the knob line was still active. And so after Five Iron's last show, they had a coffee gathering down in in highlands ranch colorado where i live now and everybody could go to this thing and say hi to the band and hang out and say goodbye you know like hug it out with your friends with five iron and i went up to um, keith i was in college at that time in 2003 and i said hey can i take over the knob line you're done with music you're over i'll take it over i'll be the guy to announce concerts i'll just send me the you know, it was like eighteen ninety five a month or something like that to pay for this phone line. And so I kept it going for maybe two years after that, the 575 K and OB line. And then I just like stopped paying the bill, mm-hmm. just forgot about it. Like, yeah. you know, I got a couple collections, like nasty letters, mm-hmm. and then eventually just went away. Because yeah. I don't even think like, you know, phone lines, whether or not you realize it, you can get for free at this point. Right. Yeah. So... That's what our voicemail line is. Right. And that was true in 2005 as well. But I was moving out with life and done with like having to keep up with what bands were popular. But so the line's been dead since around 2005. And I thought it would be funny to put that on the front of the dumpster and just have people call it because it's a non-working number. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to engage the algorithm once the video posted to have a phone number that didn't work and have people comment on this video. Hey, your phone number doesn't work. <laughs> uh-huh. Even that a single comment makes that <laughs> post more prominent in the right. algorithm. It's good. It's so it's just like free bonus hits on, on the visibility of this stupid campaign. And then you reply to each one. Weird. I'll look into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And then it just it keeps it going. Okay. I'm going to onion. Mm. Uh-oh. Blackberry or onion. Either a delight. Oh, spread. that's onion. <laughs> Thoughts? As potent as a as a dumpster. Whoa! <laughs> Takes yeah, a journey. That is a real journey. <laughs> sure is. It's all bad. <laughs> it's a bad journey. It's like toilet water bad. <laughs> yeah, you're taking this in, in more in stride than I did. 
It's so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's got like, because it, it, it sort of hits you in olfactory yeah. sinuses. Yeah. You're getting like the smell of gym socks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Meets like a tang. <laughs> it's all unpleasant. All yeah. of it's unpleasant. You got to chase it with a yellow. Baba Ganuni. <laughs> yes, also that. <laughs> bring some mm. Lebanese Baba Ganuni into the equation here. So good. And hey, it might spice this up yep. just a little bit. Maybe it's there you go. Extra onion flavor. Flavor profile combo. We all need it. Um, our plan was to make 500 random colored vinyl and 500 box sets. People reacted very favorably to the video. Mm-hmm. They reacted with their wallets to more box sets than we thought. Mm. So the, the goal was always to make, you have to run like a thousand boxes. Mm-hmm. We were hoping we could sell 500 box sets and maybe 500 empty boxes for people who had already been collecting five iron records sure. along the way. And so it ended up that they sold, I think something closer to like 800, mm-hmm. um, right. which is great. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And so we took the finished orders and then submitted them to the plant. And um, I just got the test box in the mail a couple days ago and I haven't posted, this will probably post after this has already been announced, but it, it doesn't fit on a vinyl shelf. Mm-hmm. It's too tall by about 0.25 inches. Jeez. Which is really annoying, yeah. which delays everything. Like, basically, we have to go back and resize this box to make it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. It also was glossy, mm. which for a dumpster w- is a weird contrast. It looks really good from a presentation, your vinyl collection. Like, this thing shines, and it's huge because mm-hmm. it fits more than just all 10 5-iron records. You could fit all the 7 inches, the deluxe editions of Until This Shakes Apart, the Between the Pavement of the Stars record, and probably some CDs and T-shirts in this thing. It's wide on the shelf, if it fit on the shelf. But mm-hmm. it's also shiny, mm. which I thought was the right call until I looked at it and I thought, dumpsters aren't shiny mm. unless they're wet. Right. And they're not usually wet on the outside. Mm. They're wet on they're, the inside. They're more matte. Yeah, so a couple things have to get adjusted, which means that this will not be arriving under the Christmas tree or menorah. Or Kwanzaa candles, dinner, cake. What else we got? Uh, the punch, New Year's Eve, sure. sangria, Ramadan. Sometimes Ramadan. No, not Ramadan. No, not this year. That's not. Sometimes. I don't know. We're all canceled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to be inclusive, and in so doing, <laughs> making looking myself. To, looking to the interreligious uh, scholar <laughs> over here. I just oh. watched. Did you guys watch Charlemagne the God on? Uh, the Daily Show. I've heard no. about this. He just did this, it. and he's like talking about. He, he shows Felicity Huffman trying to say. <laughs> she says something that's so insensitive to African American cultures, trying to be inclusive, yeah. but ends up turning herself more racist. Yeah. Yikes! It's well, so doing. At least we tried. Yeah, it's a good effort, white yeah. white idiots. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So well, no box set for Christmas. Nope. We're canceling Christmas for you. <laughs> there, no, no Christmas, only Krampus this I, year. I must say this, though. We got a lot of flack for Until This Shakes Apart coming late and late and people being like, why is this so delayed? I, I bought this like six months ago. This is garbage. And I kept insisting as much as possible to the audience to be like gentle about it because it would be worth it in the end. Yeah. The payoff would be worth it. I'm 
going to go to the ex- extreme lengths to make sure that as a fan of Five Iron Frenzy, it's something I'm proud to own yeah. and want to own and will keep as like something I treasure for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so bearing that in mind, I think once people realized and got the record, they stopped complaining almost yeah. instantly. They're like, oh, okay. I forgot all about that complaining yeah. that I was doing on social media about how late it is. And I think it stinks when you tell people we're hoping to have this by Christmas and it doesn't get there by Christmas, of course. So we're going to try to... The recycled random colored vinyl that people ordered, proof that the youth are revolting and end is near, or end, yeah, end is near, those will probably still all ship out in time for Christmas. Okay. So people who bought one-offs and not the complete box set, yeah. they'll get their copies. They'll probably brag about it. They'll probably make the people who ordered box sets even more angry. But hopefully also make them look forward to what they're going to get as like a quality product. Cause the remasters, the other piece of this is we remastered all the records yeah, and they sound so good. Yeah. Like it's stupid. How good they sound. It's awesome. They have no right to sound that good given yeah. what the source material was. But <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. You know, some vinyl companies might get the prototype dumpster and be like, doesn't quite fit. doesn't quite look right. Ah, what are you going to do? We got to meet the deadline. It's not the unoriginal vinyl way. It must be done in a way that will serve the fans and the artists that you're serving as best as you can. At this point, when I'm working on something now, in some projects case, for like three, four years, Mm -hmm. the six-week to 10-week delay that it might cause of aggravation and temporary heartache, for people to scan across their record shelves and in the middle have this absolutely obnoxious ostentatious blue dumpster like standing out like a sore thumb as a five iron frenzy fan when you bring a stranger over to your house or you bring a friend over to your house and they're looking at your records like in a very cursory way i always dreamed that this would be the showpiece the thing Mm -hmm. that people stopped and had to ask about what the hell's that thing yeah that's cool and it will succeed at that yeah and the little tiny stickers yes we put on there, you can put them anywhere you want, truly, on side, on top of the dumpster. will be really fun. And then on the back of that, we decided to scan a complete Real Mean Donkey zine. Um, There's a bug on there. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry. We decided to scan one of the original zines that the band, before they were Five Iron Frenzy, put out. Cool. And it's cool because it has a lot of references to things that later became part of Five Iron Frenzy canon. Cool. Like the real main donkey issue that we published from 1993 says our newest issue ever. Well, I know five iron nation is extremely excited about these. So the thing is, I love that. I'll never know. (laughs) Sure. There's also a virtue. There's also a virtue in this unique audience's perspective on life Mm. that if this was the most excited treasured thing that these fans ever bought in their 40s related to music loving the first thing that they would do is go online and shit all over it (laughs) you know that's true be like you know what the thing that's missing from this is the smell right this thing needs to smell bad you know or whatever like that's kind of the that's kind of the beauty of what you do and I'm right there with them as fans. Like, I want to look at it on my shelf and just be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you have to prepare for a lot of extremely earnest posts of people being like, 
this is what the band means to me, X, Y, and Z. And then there are going to be the posts where people like actually have it like next to their garbage outside. People right. are totally going to do that. And I think I that's going to be like, just sort of reinforce that it's, it's there. Everybody's in on the joke. Everybody. It's like a seal of approval to yeah, watch yeah. somebody Photoshop these things on fire. Mm-hmm. Right. We actually <laughs> open up the lid now and inside it, like you open up the lid, you see the records. It looks beautiful. And inside with the records there, there's the fire coming in the inside of the dumpster lid. So, so cool. it's, it fits yeah. perfectly where you can see the flames just peeking out over the records. Yeah. That's awesome. And we printed more flames inside the liner. Um, but, Perfect. You know, it's funny. And I'll be candid about this, but we had a very s- specific vision for how we wanted to execute the MXPX box set that was taken away from us completely. Right. Middle of project, right? right. Just mm-hmm. basically, thank you, you've done enough. We'll take it from here. And furthermore, you know, you're going to get no credit for any of this. No extra points, no acknowledgement, really. I mean, we got a little bit of acknowledgement and I think maybe one or two something or others, but it was basically like, yeah, we're going to bury that as part of the, the history of this thing. And that was a major bummer for me as a fan. So to be able to have a redemption opportunity, yeah. and not only is it a redemption opportunity with a band who I love sincerely and appreciate, but it's also the kind of redemption that smears irony in the face of, you know, essentially being told, you're, you know, your vision for this is not good enough. This yeah. is like a really cool and beautiful opportunity to say like, no, if you let me run with it as far as I want to, yeah. I'm still going to know where the boundary is and I'm still going to make it like the best it could possibly be. Because yeah. I still, you know, there's things about looking at that other box set where I'm just like, well, I, I can tell exactly where I stopped doing it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And this one will be, come good or bad, everything it's supposed to be. In, yeah. in the fans' mind, I think, and, and it sounds haughty to speak for what the fans want, but again, nobody is going as deep into the well as I will in fandom and has been there since, you know, yeah, their second show or third show or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think it speaks to the character of the band, too, that they have known you and appreciated you for a long time and are just like, yeah, man, do what you want. <laughs> and that they are giving you that level of artistic freedom because they've seen it pay off before is yeah just consistent with what a good group of folks they are and, and artists they are. They are, and they've also let the fans yeah. determine their outcome at this point. Mm-hmm. The only reason they're a band is because the fans are keeping them around. Right. You know, I think they'd be all friends probably. Right. Maybe do what most bands do and lose touch. Certain members just sort of float off into the ether or whatever, but. Fans are basically saying that's not an acceptable solution for us. We demand a covers record or we demand a new record or, or something, you know, like some shows in the Midwest, perhaps this artistic expression. Some people are saying, you know, like, uh, people are talking, maybe a concert. Um, well, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, shit, I didn't know about this. Yes. I didn't order it. Is there anything they can do? To yeah, obtain any of this? So. Okay. I think, I think that we built is this, in... Is this person listening? Is this is this no. person in this room? No, I knew about this, <laughs> but I'm just saying, the, the casual, casual fan. I think it'll be one of those 
rare birds where like the FOMO will be real and there'll have been 40 copies or something like that of completed box sets that they've held aside for Mm -hmm. a rainy day. You have to do that for damages and for returns or people who just flat out look at it and they go, when did I spend this money? I I really need that money back right now. Um, So there will be another chance, but it will not be a big chance at redemption (laughs) or getting it. Well, for those of you who did the right thing, we look forward to your posts and photoshops and yeah and this this episode doesn't even have to air until it's like in people's hands that's the nice part about it we can talk about the behind the scenes and you could probably even uh edit all this together with somebody else's perspective from the band on it and make it just one big massive what a pain in the neck project this was but also really fun Mm -hmm. i've never had this much fun having to do this much work yeah yeah that's cool when I first started, when this project was first announced, uh, and I started going to the, um, I was like, oh, I should, I'm just going to get the albums that to replace um, the ones I don't already have. But then once I learned that everything was rem- remixed, remastered, re- the albums themselves are going to sound better mm-hmm. i was like i can't i i mean to to be like have the uh the original you know small medium you know that that pressing and then the one that i just i just couldn't justify i'm like i have to do the whole thing and so i'd like i started out piecemealing it and then i eventually was like fuck it i'm just gonna You're never going to regret that decision. And I got rid of my first pressing Five Iron Frenzy copies because I just knew that I was going to, this was going to be that much better. Right. Apart from the colored vinyl, which I didn't feel was like, with the exception of our newest album ever, I didn't feel like the colors were particularly inspired. I like small, medium, large, but they serve a very fast, casual dining experience sort of function in the vinyl world. Yeah. And I'm like, Five course meal, sit down, you know, uh, sous chef kind of experience of of the vinyl listening and tactile experience, which is not to be boastful, but to just say that like, yeah, people go to school, culinary school and travel around the world learning how to be a chef for years and years for a reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that they can make their own restaurants or do things like that that are tailored to the experience of their patrons and that's exactly what I wanted this thing to be. I wanted to own it, and I wanted to be like, anytime I feel in a bad mood, I'm going to put on the It's Creative But Not Very Funny record and mm-hmm. listen to some of these songs because they're bananas. Rules. You're not being needlessly boastful because you have the portfolio to back up what you're saying. Um, specifically, too, yeah. to that point, we have the uh, songs from the Penalty Box first compilation uh the vi- the volume one holding in our hot oh, little hands right now that's right um i mean it's just a it's a beautiful thing too it is man particularly for us holds a special place in our hearts but to to gaze upon it in person yeah i need to i need to open mine up funny story about that front cover artwork mm. songs for the penalty box you know we had to recreate those fonts 
from scratch, right. and in so doing, created an alphabet and revised the covers to make the pods from the penalty box <laughs> 12 by 12 uh-huh. album art image for you guys. So the reason that you guys have art from pods from the penalty box, what was that season two? Yes. No, uh, season three. Season three. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Which was started, what, 2021? 20? So we... 19? Early, no, the, I, think it, we, I think early 2021. I thought it was like yeah. uh, January or February 2021 yeah, yeah. is when we started uh, the... So, so it, all happened, it all happened the same time where I was ideating yeah. a Furnace Fest exclusive release yeah. of Songs in the Penalty Box for the reunion of Furnace Fest. For Furnace Fest 2021, the year that they were coming back, I was going to do a Songs in the Penalty Box release, and I got shut down. Mm. And I'm like, well, we already did most of the artwork restoration on this thing from the original poster I still have laminated in my basement, like the full size, full resolution poster. That's three times the size of this album art. We scanned it, you know, corner by corner by corner to recreate the artwork. And then basically tooth and nail said, it's too impossible to do 21 songs Mm. and license each individual song. That's going to be a nightmare. We're not doing it. And I don't even think anybody will show up to Furnace Fest and buy it. If they did go. And so... so, Sounds like a challenge. So I said, yeah, challenge accepted. But in the meantime, I've got all this art. Maybe I can hand it over to John and Andrew for pots for the penalty box. And we we swapped out the faces. Worked out for us. Your face and Andrew's face, John, uh, for the little hockey players on the bottom. And so that became really like... I think I have a coffee mug with that Mm -hmm. graphic on it. It's framed on my wall. Framed on your wall. Yep. So um, it all it all sort of started at the same time, which right. is funny. Yeah. Um, could Tooth and Nail be any more wrong about like Furnace Fest? Who's gonna go to that? That's you know what dumb. I have learned about working with Tooth and Nail that they're usually very conservative, and and it has been to their benefit for the most part as of the last five years. They're very conservative, and you have to have a very smart plan to come to the table. And if they tell you no, it's usually because you haven't thought your plan through clearly enough. So 21 songs on a, on a double LP. What are you going to retail that for when each song costs X amount to license? Like the licensing alone of a record like that should technically be somewhere in the $8 range. You know what I mean? Just right. for the song use. Yeah. And not to mention all the other bells and whistles you have to try to put into it. Uh, yeah. The OB strip that's hand numbered, the everything else, the QR codes that people have to redeem the record to buy it when they're mm-hmm. at the festival. There's just a lot that goes into it. And so it taught me in the process of the last three years to get better and better at making the pitch, inclusive of like going to capital and saying, I need you, capital, to give me a reduced rate on the licensing fees because mm-hmm. it's a comp and it's something unique and different. Yeah. Will you do something like that for us? Yeah. And so, yeah, there's challenges that come with it. And I would be honest with you, doing the Chariot, He is Legend, and Norma Jean for the first Furnace Fest and making a splash with AR technology and all that was absolutely the right call. This record would not have been the right call. Yeah. So everything kind of worked out for the right reasons. Yeah. And this, I think, for diehard Tooth & Nail fans will be something that they're really proud of owning. Yeah. Like, much later in life. It's kind of that defining moment for people that when you go to the punk rock museum and you see the decline of western civilization comp on the wall or the dance craze mm-hmm. for ska heads 
mm-hmm. comp on a wall that it sort of typifies their scene experience. That's this record. Yeah. Something I was going to say earlier, something that I love about physical media is, I mean, our, our computers can go down and we can lose all of our, all of our songs. Like everything digital could disappear for no reason. And to have a piece of physical media that you can hold in your hand, that you can read the lyrics, you can look at the artwork, you can read the stories like we were talking about with um, the Real Big Fish um, uh, record that you also, you know, that just came out. Um, And the detailing all of these stories, like it does, it becomes more than just a record to throw on to listen to. It becomes sort of like a time capsule of an experience that we all have sort of like collectively been a part of. And you can't get that from throwing something on Spotify. Something that I think I changed my philosophy on as a result of knowing you guys and your podcast and listening to your journey for the last five years, truthfully, is to start my exploration or pitch into a project with the artist or with a retrospective writer or a critic of music or something like that, I start my pitch off with, please, let's just leave your nostalgia out of this. Mm -hmm. Let's turn the conversation into how these experiences, this music, this art has shaped the person you are in 2023, Mm -hmm. the year you're in, in the present, the man or woman you are today, how does this art help to shape and define the way you view the world? And when people think about it like that, it's no longer interesting how many times they remember playing a CD on their way to Del Taco, you know? It's a very small piece of it, and the more important, profound thing we get to pass on to our kids and their kids is these like shared experiences and the meaning that they create mm-hmm. that become universal. It started off here when I was 14, when I heard ska music for the first time. And now, anytime I make assumptions about a new genre of music, I often have to remind myself, that's the wrong assumption. Maybe I should explore more. I'll take the music that's popular right now on the radio you and I were just talking about, everything on the radio right now is just glorified disco. Mm -hmm. It is the absence of guitar. A fuzzy guitar is none to be found. And while I have a almost sickening reaction to that, because disco in my mind has always been the most aggravating form of music with no sustainability and longevity ever, as I get older, I'm like, you know what? ABBA was pretty all right. You know, they could write some songs. There's some merit to some of these people and the song construction and everything like that. It's not my preference by any means. It probably never will be, but I can't write it off anymore. And something in my experience throughout my life has taught me that, you know, what's popular or trendy is probably such for a reason. And especially going to help me when I have a teenage daughter in the very near future who's like, 
Well, my dad's cool because he listens to everything. Mm-hmm. He's not closed off. He doesn't just listen to his 90s songs from the penalty box comp all day long. <laughs> Maybe that's what she'll be jamming on. Yeah, I mean, she's open to it, and, and I want her to be open to what's on the radio and why and yeah. everything else in between. You know, I want her to listen. I showed her Archspire the other day, and she was really impressed with how fast the guy could gargle <laughs> and how fast everything was. She been listening to any uh, Humanities Less Breath? Or? Uh, can't, you know, not yet. Not right now, it's about her curiosity into the extremes, like the extreme satellite things. Mm-hmm. And Humanities Less Breath is a different kind of extreme. Archbuyer is interesting because it's just like, you know, you've got the guy that's just going, she's like, Daddy, I have a question. English? Any of that? Mm. I mean, we're not sure, honey. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Profane? Doesn't matter. Right. It's not going to hurt you. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that that taught me, I think you guys probably started this podcast with a similar thing in mind. Like, we're coming together to be nostalgic about something that happened to us a long time ago. And somewhere along the way, we all got kind of swept up in this journey of being grownups together. Right. And experiencing life together and going on this sort of waxing sentimental about old things that have happened, and but more talking about, like, what kind of ideas are we going to teach our kids if we taught them that girls are nothing but trouble? Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think this whole project would have been sustainable if we would have kept it to, like, just thinking about the good times that had happened like what became interesting especially when we decided to go further than just one season and just one band was like so how did this shape us and I feel like that brought us to a deeper kind of level of like yeah awareness of the specialness of the scene that we came from beyond just like these happy memories and more like how did this shape us and shape a generation and so yeah I feel like the journey that fans of unoriginal vinyl are on and that you're on as you're curating the stuff and that our various fan groups are on is all kind of like along that same path. I had a real like serious conversation with Matt from Supertones the other day about like, okay, so Adventures of OC Supertones on vinyl. And both of us were at the same time kind of been like, but why? <laughs> yeah. Like apart from people like those songs, it sounds bad. It's got a very black and white view and thinking of spirituality or the world. He's not particularly proud of some of those views. He has a much sure. more nuanced view of God, even though he's still a spiritual person and still sure. a pastor. You know, he's like, but why? And I'm like, you know, in a way, Matt, it's because the youth. Because that's still a part of like your story as being Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. youthfully, blissfully, stupidly ignorant to all the nuance right and and as long as you color or tell a story from that perspective to your audience yeah they'll go along with you for the ride of listening to this record and reading your retrospective but if you go out there and say unless you're goatee hook which they can get away with it but unless you got there if you go out there and say this is really an impressive record Mm -hmm. it's really great Mm -hmm. everybody's gonna love it right can't wait i'm so glad it got remastered for vinyl there's no remastering of the supertones record right it's masterfully bad yeah (laughs) however it's youthful 
and it's got a certain amount of sweetness to its imperfection because it reminds us all of like picking up our instrument and being like, dude, I just figured out how to play a Supertown song right. in 14 and a half seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and I discovered who Metallica was because of... Yeah, know. I mean, if you're lucky. <laughs> if your parents let you. <laughs> yeah. To like turn on that beginning of the Supertones Strike Back record and be like, oh, I know what that is. I'm turning that on. <laughs> okay. You know, that's something that I am discovering about myself is yeah looking and this is something that i have evolved on in the podcast is looking back on a lot of these albums and realizing uh they were very young and of course you're going to have regrettable uh unnuanced positions when you're a teenager or in your early 20s um, but the thing that I'm working on for myself is to have compassion for my younger self and to not look at that and, and look at who I was and completely shit all over who I was because we were all doing the best we could and it doesn't do any good to be so self-critical of um, a younger version of yourself who was trying to figure it out and I do think there is some there's some beauty in being able to say like this is who I was and I can also now talk to you and explain how I'm different and how I've grown and hopefully you can be a, are willing to be a part of that conversation and not write me off because I um, was rapping to some ska songs back in the 90s. Yeah, right. For example. For example. I don't well, know, I'm falling. ugly as sin, and that is to say I'm not good looking, but <laughs> I can bust some ska. In fact, my uh, rhythm rhyme is cooking. California sun and sky. <laughs> this is beautiful. It's just off the dome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we, we've, uh, we've got some straight fire bars here in Magnified Studios. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's I would just, drop the mic, but it's a it's attached dang to it, this. Yeah, it's got uh, that stand on it. <laughs> it yeah, youth is that hopefulness. It's that also appreciation of thinking of going up and not scolding your fourteen year old self or being critical of their position on life, but rather just being willing to like high five them and say, "Yeah, you know." I think if you're familiar with like EMDR therapy, that's all it is is like going back talking giving yourself self-talk mm-hmm. by being a mentor to your younger self and giving yourself like more of a perspective of all the things that they have to look forward to, all the things that they can be hopeful about, all the reasons they were right for being needlessly, naively optimistic about everything. Yeah. It's like, those are good instincts. That's mm-hmm. a hard thing to carry with you through your whole life, so find ways to hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, and one day you're going to be a little bit more cynical. Mm. Well, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I like, I like all of it. <clears throat> I always say that my favorite time of my life is the time I'm in right now. Mm. You know? I, I mean, that's, that's, that's called mindfulness. That's called being present. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the way to be. Yeah. And that's, that should be the goal. There are eras that are certainly like 
filled with just sweetness and sugar. I think when you're 14 years old and a girl smiles at you for the first time or you hear and go into your first mosh pit, there's a lot of adrenaline and endorphin that surrounds you that you've never experienced before. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> adrenaline and boners. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the name of this podcast, <laughs> season five. I think so. We're happy to reveal today. That's the direction we're headed in. Yeah. Yeah, a girl smiling at me when I was 14 and just feeling conflicted about like, oh, am I, am I lusting? Am I, you know, should I be... I was like always super self-critical. There's a yin and a yang to it always. Yeah. yeah. There was no... I mean, very few kids, as we were talking about, there's no nuance. It's just so black and white, and either you're... She likes me, but I'm sinning (laughs) because she likes me. Wait, uh, yeah. I thankfully had a lot of youth group leaders come alongside me because, like, I I think I've told you my dad died at 14 when Mm -hmm. I was 14, so youth group leaders were all there to be like, hey, A, take it easy on yourself, B, keep that hopeful optimism that you have somewhere deep in your soul Mm -hmm. keep it there and if you have to use music as your conduit Mm -hmm. to do that then stick with the music play in your band go to your shows stay out until three in the morning on a school night on finals week doesn't matter whatever is going to be the thing and they were very um just you know they were helping me without stating it as the obvious by saying there are going to be things that are going to help you through this time that are going to be healthy for you and then there's going to be you know self-destructive shame and guilt and fear and all these kinds of things that Mm. you don't really have a lot of bandwidth for right now anyways (laughs) you know what i mean i'm grateful that they were helpful in that moment as those figures. uh, Yeah, and for a lot of people out there that are listening to this podcast, it wasn't maybe a youth group leader as much as it was just listening to a CD and hearing Reese Roper talk about his life or struggle or imperfection or feelings about, you know, needing God to increase in his life and heal with his hands or something like that that was enough for them. Yeah. You know, that became the the avenue by which they could start to feel things a mm-hmm. little bit more presently and mindfully. Yeah. Sometimes that was the first exposure they had to it, more than going to church or a youth group right. retreat. Yeah. It's like going to a five iron show. Mm-hmm. It's important, <coughs> but again, it's us looking at it now as adults instead of just reacting to it. Right. Like, this feels great to be in the pit during every new day. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm going to start crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm 15 years old, and I don't even know why. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to just cry. That feels good. Sounds right. Crying's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Not around girls. <laughs> well, maybe. If it serves, never mind. <laughs> well, buddy, we certainly appreciate the important role that you play in this scene and its continued uh, unfolding as we all age and reflect. And... Uh, the very important role that you play within our specific little pod community. So grateful for all the work you do and who you are, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. You guys are nice. <laughs> Any other uh, projects you want to plug before we close out here? And are you coming to PFR with us? <laughs> when is that again? Last week? February. Oh. I think it's February. I'd love to. 
should come. Maybe um, I'll make it work. Pod for Rain, 2024. Yeah. Uh, February there. 10th. Pod hey. for Rain. Mm. I have to travel for like six weeks. Yeah. With Unab- PFR. Unabated. <laughs> With PFR. Yeah, yeah. I'm their, tour, uh, I'm their TM. Okay. Because you're going to be um, working on the Goldie's Last Day. Yes. Um, box set. I finally mm-hmm. found a way to make that happen, so that's great Ooh. news. I'm really excited about that. Awesome. In that oh. jangle pop yes. sensational era of music. But yes. again, those, I can those. have great ideas, but oftentimes I have to realize them in full, mm-hmm. unpaid, and share those ideas as I finish pitch deck with right. all of the right. bells and whistles accompanying and have somebody just sign off on it or not. Right. And that's the hard part. It's like some people will get it, but thankfully at this point i've got more than one person who can say yes hell yeah so that's helpful those first i mean pretty much all pfr records just loaded with bops it gets a little it gets a little like ccm cheese ball toward the end there you like, know what i mean i think they recognized it when they got away from being an alternative band and more into just like straight newsboysy stuff like it was radio ready and it was really clean and polished but i was like I need a little dirty REM college rock yeah. back in this mix. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to do some homework before the show because it was really just Goldie's last day. That was like my jam primarily. I mean, those PFR posters in the Christian bookstores were everywhere. That's true. Yeah. Their faces were, they were like them, All-Star United, Third Day. Um, they were like the All face. Star Cademan's Call, especially. Cademan's Cast, Season 5. <laughs> I heard it here first. Yeah. I uh, thought, what, what, were, what was the other name? I don't remember something <laughs> okay. better than that. <laughs> uh, Jason, love you, appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to us, making this happen. And where can people find you if they want to, to find out more about what projects you got going on? We're going to have unoriginalvinyl.com kind of up and running in the new year in 2024, which is great. It's going to have a huge portfolio of amazing behind the scenes, test pressing alternate artwork, cool. carousel images, variants that made it and variants that didn't make it, uh, and then places to buy enamel pins and t-shirts. And Hell yeah. There's social media out there that I have people run as well. So Little little robot enamel pins? Yeah. Hell That's yeah. Got them in the car. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, keep, it, keep it unoriginal. See you. <laughs> Let's see you in February at the Fine Line with PFR. Can't wait for Goldie's Last Pod with you. Ah, the best. You've never really heard Chevy Nova till you've you've heard it live and screamed it from the top of your lungs. Um, thanks as always, shout out producer Jason for doing all he does for the scene, for that vinyl subculture for our pod. Uh, just the best dude. Always great Such to see dude. him. Great to talk with him. Great to great to be on the podcasting couch. <laughs> and uh, thanks to our dudes in Goaty Hook, of course. Uh, what a great weekend. Us, uh, you know, walking down to South Capitol Street, checking things out there, dude. Um, <laughs> what a good, what a good time! It was a really great time. I, Just we said we're going on Chevy Nova right now, and best. What we kind of what we said in what people just listened to is this is 
the hearing some of these songs live is like the premier way of hearing of hearing any of it like yeah i mean chevy nova rules here but like ah god yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping that was not our last time seeing them yeah i hope so too man but as we said at the time if we would not have gone out for it we would not have forgiven ourselves and no. have zero regrets about being out there for that it was exactly it was a great time so thanks to those dudes forever uh more goody hook shows please come back on the pod anytime yes. um but yeah we hope uh hope everybody enjoyed it we hope everybody enjoyed our unusual year uh but you know <laughs> we we got our acts together at the end here and got you some some good content and uh you know 2025 sky's the limit we're still deciding some things but we got we got fun stuff coming up for you yep um be on the lookout for that we'll let you know more uh but in the meantime let us know what you think about all of this about this episode about this year about the future of the pod at magnified pod on instagram facebook and twitter follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already give us a rating or review five stars please write a little funny review we'll read that on the pod next year email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 magpod you can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where we promise we will have some bonus exclusive content for you at some point here. Um, and pick up some merch. Hey, what makes a better year-end present for the ones you love than maybe a Phantom Cackler t-shirt, for example? Uh, you can pick that up at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. We don't Thanks have to be the stuff. only ones stuffing your stocking. That's you know, right. You can stuff, stuff a friend's stocking. <laughs> stuff. You can stuff it yourself. Hey, stuff stuff yourself, you know? Hey, stuff yourself full of MagPod merch <laughs> this Christmas. Uh, thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallsteprecords.com to learn more. Thanks to the aforementioned shadow producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up, but we'll be back to try to make you go astray next year. We love you. Ooh. It gives it it gives this album a whole new uh experience for me. Cause it I don't really know if does. I don't know if I've listened to it since the show. And... I think I I did. And my estimation for these tracks that we got to hear went up quite a bit in estimation <laughs> after having heard them live. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh six songs EP good. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here uh second because <laughs> the first time we talked about it. <laughs> Uh, our review was maybe not as favorable not uh, as favorable but you know but, it, yeah songs came alive when we That's saw right them. yes um so uh, go enjoy six songs everyone and um merry podsmas merry podsmas to all we love you go throw on some dave bazan christmas albums mm, pour yourself some, some christmas whiskey <laughs> some sufyan um Sufjan Christmas, Hangnail. I listened to that Hangnail mm. Christmas Oof, so EP good. recently. So oh, good. Oh man, hearing those John John Warren vocals come on. Mm. If you want to hear him talk about recording that, you listen to last year's episode about it where we talked with him. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.
For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.